I want to just spend just a few moments uh, this evening speaking on the topic, what's in a name? You know, names are really important. They really matter. If you don't think they matter, just ask any expectant uh, parent. They spend a good bit of time thinking about what they want to name their child. And unless you're a movie star, you're not going to name them after a fruit like tangerine or orange or apple. You, you want to give them a name that's really going to be substantive. You're going to want to give them a name that's really going to matter. Sometimes we choose family names. My grandfather on my father's side was William Franklin Cook. My dad was William Franklin Cook Jr. And I'm William Franklin Cook III. So there are family names. Uh, sometimes we, we choose names by what's popular. And you can tell, at times you can tell when a person was born by the name that they've been given. There are certain names that are very, very prominent during certain eras or periods of time. And then over time that name seems to diminish in popularity and, and people choose other names for their, for their children. Names seem to matter. They don't make or break a life, but they can really influence you to, to some degree. Some people you meet, and when they introduce themselves, you have to do kind of a double take. Did I, did I hear that right? And they know exactly what you're thinking. They know that their parents have saddled them with an unusual name, and, and, uh, and they, they really don't appreciate it. My mom, for example... Her, she was born on Valentine's Day, so guess what her middle name was? My mom hated the name Valentine. That was her middle name, Roberta Valentine Cook. And, and so names either bolster the esteem sometimes, or a person can live with a little bit of disappointment their entire life based upon the name that, they, that they've been given. Names really do matter. In this season of the year, during the holiday season, there are certain names that are associated with the holiday season. For example, if I were to say Marley, most people would immediately think of another name, Scrooge. Bob Marley and Scrooge go together during the holiday season. Uh, other names that uh, seem to be very prominent are Linus. And when you think of Linus, you think of Charlie Brown. And you think of, when you think of Scrooge, you think of Marley. When you think of the Griswolds, you think of a catastrophe. You think of your in-laws when you think of the Griswolds. You know, you, you, you think of Grinch, and he's got the first name, I guess, is The, The Grinch. Very seldom do we just think of Grinch, but you think of the Grinch. You think of Rudolph. Uh, there are names that, that you don't hear all year long until the Thanksgiving season, and then you begin to hear names like Scrooge and Marley and Grinch and Linus and, and the names that are associated with, with, with movies and entertainment related to this season of the, of the year. Well, God, when he named his son, didn't just give him any name. He didn't name him after a fruit. He didn't name him after a, a popular ruler. He gave him a, a significant name. He gave him an important name. He gave him the name Jesus. You know, the name Jesus means Yahweh saves or God saves. The Lord is salvation. What a very appropriate name for a Savior. Matthew chapter 1, beginning in verse 20, reads like this. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... 
Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. His name and his mission were wrapped up together. Yahweh saves, the Lord is salvation, Jesus is his name. And then just a few verses later in Matthew chapter 1, and Joseph gave him the name Jesus. There's no more beautiful name, there's no more spectacular name in all the world than the name Jesus. I want to say just a few things to you this evening about the name of Jesus. The first thing is this, the name of Jesus is a simple name. It's a simple name. Whatever language it's spoken in, it's basically a two-syllable word. It's a two-syllable name, Jesus. It's a name all of us can pronounce. It's a name that all of us can read. What if God had given his son the name Artaxerxes? Could you imagine trying to say that name in Artaxerxes' name we pray? He didn't choose a name like that. He didn't choose a complex name. He didn't choose a name that we would stumble over. He didn't choose a name that contained numerous syllables. He, cho he chose a simple name. A name that all of us can read and all of us can pronounce. He gave him the name Jesus. And then he, he wove in that name, he wove into the name the mission of his son, Yahweh saves, the Lord is salvation. The name of Jesus is such a simple name. I want, I want you to notice, secondly, the name of Jesus is a pervasive name. You say, Pastor Bill, what do you mean when you say the name of Jesus is a pervasive name? The first four books of the New Testament are called the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The name Jesus appears over 500 times in those few books. You can barely read a paragraph and the name Jesus not appear. It is a pervasive name. If you take the entire New Testament, all 26 books, over 900 times the name of Jesus is found. Almost every line the apostles wrote at some point they're talking about him they're leading us to talk about him or they're actually saying something about him over 900 times in the new testament the name of jesus is used over 500 times in the first four books of the new testament the name of jesus is used it's a pervasive name it's as if when God was inspiring the writers of the New Testament to write their book, to pen their letters, they wanted the recipients, as they heard it read, to hear the name of Jesus repeated over and over and over again. They wanted people who, who would begin to seek after God and maybe would take a Bible and they didn't know much about the Bible. But maybe a coworker, a friend, a family member would say, hey, why don't you start in reading in the Gospel of John or maybe in the book of Matthew and just read through the New Testament. 
as they would read through the New Testament over and over and over again, they would be saying the name of Jesus, 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 Jesus. With every paragraph, with every turn page, the name of Jesus would be in the forefront of their mind. It is a pervasive name. It's a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. A third thing that I would want you to notice about the name of Jesus is that it's a heavenly name. It has a heavenly origin. When the angel, probably Gabriel, spoke to Joseph and instructed Joseph that he was to name the child that had been conceived in the Virgin Mary's womb, Jesus, Gabriel was announcing to Joseph the name that God had chosen. Now, God had chosen John the Baptist's name. The name John means the Lord is gracious. The name Jesus means Yahweh saves. And just as God determined that John the Baptist's name would be John, although his father's name was Zechariah, which was was completely inappropriate in the first century Jewish world, you didn't name somebody other than the name of their father or a family name. When, When God said to Zechariah, his name is John, the angel said to Joseph, his name is Jesus. It's a, it's a heavenly name. It's a name that originated in the mind and the heart of God the Father. His name is Jesus. It's a heavenly name. I want you to notice a fourth thought about the name of Jesus. It's a saving name. The name of Jesus is a saving name. You say, Pastor, what do you mean by that? One of the most famous verses in the book of Acts is in Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. And Acts chapter 4 verse 12 says this, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. That is, the name of Jesus is the name that brings salvation. There's no more powerful name because there's no other name that saves. And so in chapter 4, when when the apostle Peter says, Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven, he's talking about the name of Jesus. And when people are saved, they cry out to Jesus. When people are, are born again, They turn to the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is a saving name. It's the name we we cry out when we feel like we're perishing under a weight of sin. It's the name that we call out when we feel like we we are sinking in a slew of despond. It's the name above every name. It is the name of Jesus. It is a saving name. When I was saved, I called out to Jesus. I prayed to Jesus. I asked Jesus to save me as a 19-year-old young man when I bowed on the floor and fell on my knees in the, in the study of a Southern Baptist youth minister's office. I cried out to Jesus to save me. It is a saving name. There's no other name. The name of Muhammad will not save. The name of Joseph Smith will not save. Mary Baker Eddy will not save. There is absolutely no name that's been given among men that that brings salvation other than the name of Jesus. 
It is a saving name. But it's also an exalted name. It's an exalted name. It's a name that, it's a name to which we will all one day bow. This is what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. That is, even though he was God incarnate, and he could have turned the stone into bread, he didn't turn the stone into bread, he didn't use it to his own advantage. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane and he was being treated like a common criminal and they were arresting him and abusing him and mistreating him, uh, Peter, in a, in, a, in a fit of courage, but not uh, great intelligence, pulled out a small sword to, to uh, fight off a, an army of, uh, of people that had been brought together to arrest Jesus. Jesus said, put it away. I could call down 12 legions of angels to rescue me. He didn't use his deity to his own advantage. He, he didn't take advantage of, his, of who he was. But he made himself nothing by taking the nature of a servant. That is, before he became a human being, he sat on heaven's throne. When he became a human being, he became a servant. He didn't just pretend to be a servant. He genuinely, actually was a servant. He washed feet. He touched those with leprosy. He took on the nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So... Jesus humbled himself. Jesus died for us. But verse 9 says, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name which is above every name. He gave him a name that was greater than any name. A name greater than, than, than Caesar or, or any great ancient uh, ruler. He gave him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. It's an exalted name. It's an honorable name. It's a divine name. And it is a name that all of us will one day bow in reverent devotion. Many of us have already done that. I, I told you when I was 19 in this Southern Baptist youth minister's office. And he asked me the most piercing question that I have ever been asked. Would you like to be forgiven of all your sins and become a new person? I said, I would like that very, very much. And we got on our knees and he said, pray to Jesus. And so that's the first time I ever bowed the knee to King Jesus. 
And we will do it for the first time in this life or we will do it in the life to come. But there will be a day when every knee will bow. Every single tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus is God. To the glory of God the Father. You know, as we gather around the the Christmas tree and we gather around Christmas dinners, take some time to think about the name of Jesus this year. You know, you may be going home like we're going to be going home in a few minutes and we're going to have a big family gathering and we're going to be, we're going to be eating together and we'll have a prayer and we'll, we'll pray, to King, pray to King Jesus. But, but it's going to be hectic, it's going to be loud, it's going to be exhilarating, it's going to be exciting. We're going to have a lot of kids around the table, it's going to be a lot of, a lot of fun. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of contemplation going on. It's not an appropriate time for, uh, for a long, drawn-out uh, drawn devotional. But when you lay your head on your pillow tonight, before you drift off to sleep, take just a moment and think about that name. The name that's above every name. It's a saving name. It's a heavenly name. It's an exalted name. It's a beautiful name. In just a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead us in a, in a word of prayer. And as I'm praying, our, our worship team is going to come back up and, and we're going to prepare to sing in just a moment. And, and uh, a number of our men are going to be going down the, going down the uh, aisles, lighting candles. And ki kids, I want you to listen to me for just a second. Listen to Pastor Cook for just a moment. Those candles are going to be lit and the lights are going to come down and this entire room is going to be filled. This entire room is going to be filled with the light that emanates only from, from the candles and what little light might come through the back doors in the lobbies. And those candles represent the fact that Jesus is the light of the world. In fact, did you know Jesus said that, I am the light of the world? He who believes in me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And kids, what, what we're saying is, as we light those candles, we're being reminded of the fact that Jesus is the only person that can light up our lives. He's the only person that can cause us to know God. He's the only person that can take our darkness, the darkness of our heart, and cause us to become light. Jesus says to his people, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And so the candles, while they are a lot of fun, they really are very important. They're an important, they're an important means by which we can remember what Jesus does in us when he saves us. And maybe tonight or tomorrow... You'll find some time if you're wondering about that. Maybe you've got some questions about it. And maybe you'll talk to your mom and dad and say, Mom or dad, you know, Pastor Cookie was talking about the candles and I'm not sure if I understood it all. Would you just help me know a little bit better about what Pastor Cook meant when he was talking about, about those candles? Because when that candle is lit, I want you to think about Jesus, children. I want you to think about Jesus is the light of the world. And that the name of Jesus is a saving name. 
So I want everybody to bow their heads and Pastor Cook is going to lead us in a, in a word of prayer. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much that we have been able to gather together and Pastor Craig has been able to lead us in songs that remind us of the greatness of Jesus and how wonderful this season of the year is. And thank you for giving our Savior the name Jesus because it reminds us that he came to save us. He came on a mission to bring salvation. And dear King Jesus, as the candles are lit and the lights begin to dim, remind us that you are the light of the world. And remind us that when you come to live inside of us, we become lights. That we are a city set on a hill and what you've done in us cannot be hidden. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.